You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And today we're scratching the itch to choose violence, namely a band called The Violent. And this one had a fun story behind it, I think. So there's so much new music that comes out all the time that The Itch ends up with this giant backlog of albums we intend to listen to. And I say intend because we don't listen to all of them. (laughs) And so a lot of our text thread to each other is us sending bands or songs back and forth. I mean, hey, check this out. We should talk about this one. Is this a good one? What do you think? And half the time we don't go anywhere with them. So I had sent this band called The Violent to the guys a little while ago and said, hey, I kind of like this. You guys should check it out. It went by the wayside, just like many others have before. And then I learned something about them. And I was like, hey, guys, uh, so remember that band called The Violent I told you about? It turns out that they are three of the five members of Red Sun Rising. And immediately Dan and KC are like, what? (laughs) Listening to this right now. And it jumped straight to the front of the line. It got listened to. It got thoroughly enjoyed. And that set in motion the sequence of events that led to today's episode and today's interview. You know, and it's funny because like I don't think people really can fathom like what you're like just the extent of the music that's shared in our chat. I actually, and I'm not even making this up. I did show somebody yesterday. One of my friends was over um, one of my buddies, Nick, and I, I was just showing him, we were talking about new music and he's like, how do you hear about this? I was like, Oh, me and Casey and Aaron, we just, that's all we talk about it. And I started <laughs> scrolling through our chat and there's just like link to video to song to <laughs> yeah. song after song after song. And like, yeah, it's, it's a lot to keep up with, but no, when he said uh, this is former members of Red Sun Rising, I was like, oh, OK, let me pull it up right now and listen to it. <laughs> like <laughs> that right. was like they became they went from like the back of the line to like VIP treatment. Yes. To get to get listened to at that point. <laughs> well, the, to be fair, the reason for that, though, is that back in 2018, when their second album Thread came out, me and Casey loved that album. We actually had it as high as number four on our top 20 album of 2018. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was just a fantastic album. We probably played every single song off that album. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Well, and that year in particular, when Thread came out, we listened to it, loved it. And I I was like, all right, hopefully they'll come in through St. Louis. And we just missed them by like two months. And then like six months after that, they they went on hiatus. So yeah. (laughs) And that was something that was shared through our chat as well, because I do remember sending you guys the link to that article. I was like, no, (laughs) it's not true. Tell me it's not true. Right. (laughs) Uh, Because they announced it on social media, just basically stating that they were going on a hiatus. They didn't know for how long and they didn't think that the future of Red Sun Rising, that basically the band was going to have a future. And, you know, I will say that talking to him, I kind of understand why now. I don't think it was... Yeah, I don't think it was a sour note that they left on. I just think that, you know, as he kept kind of alluding to in the interview, there was just a lot of hands in the pot. There were a five piece band and um, it sounds vague when people say we split up over creative differences or whatever, but it's it's real. Yeah. Like everybody has their ideas of what something should sound like. And sometimes you just reach an impasse where you're like, this isn't really going to we're just not all at the same place anymore. And honestly, I, I think it was for the better. Uh, I'm a huge f- 
uh, person that believes in, in things happening for a reason. I, I truly think that this is the best move that they could have made uh, after hearing what the seven songs that they put out. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just, it's really good. They have a distinct sound because, you know, and he, he kind of made mention of that, like red sun rising. It was grungy. It was kind of alternative, but it, it it sounded like everything, like in nothing at all. To be right. honest, like it was <laughs> right. like, it's, yeah. it's like best way to describe that. It was just it sounded like everything, but then nothing. Just still not an insult. Again, to remind you, right? right yeah, right. That's number four no, album right. of the year. Yeah, yeah yes. not by any means, but it just it just didn't have that. You know, like that. It's own like sound. identity. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Exactly. That you could you couldn't say, oh, that sounds like this band, or that sounds like this band, or you know, like the violent. We we kind of made mention, like it's it sounds like everything kind of just mixed in all right. at the same time. It's, it's just a lot of influences all at once. And I want, I want to be clear. So we, so the violent is, is three former members of red sun rising. Uh, we got to speak with Mike Prodich, who is the lead vocalist and a, a few other roles he plays, depending <laughs> on the song. And, and again, just to be clear that we're not insulting red sun rising. Cause we were massive fans, obviously still. Yeah. Still, still big fans. He himself acknowledges that, and we don't won't spoil too much more of the interview, but he himself acknowledges that, that the band had a hard time finding kind of their identity and their sound. And when you listen to and look up The Violent, which we highly recommend, you'll see that their identity is pretty well formed right out the gate. And I don't think that that's an accident on the part of the band members. Yeah, so before we uh, just continue to spill all the beans for this interview, let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so without any further ado, here's Mike Prodich of the violent. We should probably introduce ourselves quickly to get the ball rolling and keep people informed on what's going on and who they're talking to. So yeah, we're the itch. My name is Aaron. My name is Dan. And I'm Casey. It's good that you have the, the, the name tags there Yes, on the, <laughs> on the zoom. So I can, I can remember. Yeah. That is also a bonus too. <laughs> I guess we can get right into it. We were huge fans of Red Sun Rising. Thank you. We even had Thread in our top four of the top 20 lists for 2018 of albums. Nice. Uh, we just missed seeing you in St. Louis that year. We were definitely heartbroken about learning of the hiatus of the band. Uh, thankfully, we recently learned about the three members going on to form the band The Violent. Mm -hmm. So without getting into any drama, why did you feel it was important to change names and kind of rebrand yourselves from Red Sun Rising? Um, you know, I just... Well, we wanted it to be its own thing and, and live and die as, as what it was. Cause you know, it also freed us a lot to, you know, if, if it was just red sun rising, a continuation or another chapter, it, it limits you in staying in the brand of what red sun rising was. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to kind of hold the integrity of, of what we built with that and just let it be, be that. And, um, you know, cutting that off and just starting brand new with a new name, it, it opened up a, a whole, you know, new world basically for, for lack of a better, you know, term it's, it, it was actually very liberating to not be tied to what we had done in the past. I mean, obviously there's fans that will, that have already come over and, you know, that were huge fans of Red Sun Rising, which is phenomenal, but there's also a lot of new fans that actually don't even know who Red Sun Rising was, which is, which is, super dope to us now because it's like these are <laughs> like new new people so that's what we wanted and that's why red sun rising is something that you know i'm extremely proud of i wrote a lot of those songs and it was a huge part of my life but 
this is this is also becoming a huge part of my life and I want them to be equally um, respected, you know, on their own. Awesome. Was, were you concerned or uh, nervous, I guess, about kind of starting over, so to speak with, with this new van? Um, I mean, I think it was just kind of overshadowed by the state of the world in general and the industry. So starting something new didn't scare me as much as, you know, will I ever be able to play live shows again in the next like five years like that? I think scared me more than starting a new project. Um, I, I think we were extremely excited about it. And like, especially when we started, you know, messing with new sounds and, and, you know, incorporating new influences into the new project, like I said, it was liberating. So that part was so exciting. We didn't think about, you know, Oh man, how are we going to ever like catch up to Red Sun Rising or or go beyond Red Sun Rising? It was more like, man, this is so, so fresh and exciting and 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 fun again. Um, not that Red Sun Rising wasn't fun, but you know what I mean. Just starting something new is just that that kind of energy you can't you know duplicate. Yeah, yeah like a new relationship, right? <laughs> totally. With old with with old with old people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Which I could see that being particularly interesting because I know you know, the first couple of months or whatever, at least good first month or so after your first violent track was released, you kind of did it a little under the radar, like mysterious. We didn't, didn't come right yeah. out and say, Hey, this is who we are and where we were before. Um, so it was like a total, in that sense, it was sort of a total fresh start. Like you weren't really resting on any laurels or, or trying to pull necessarily red sun fans in per se. Um, yeah. but just letting people discover things on their own, which is really interesting. Yeah. And, and, you know, part of that was just an experiment, you know, just to see like what kind of people are going to, um, you know, start becoming a fan of this new band and this new sound um, just because they like what they heard and not because of where we came from. Um, Obviously being the singer, I can only change my voice so much. So, you know, there was people that guessed it right away, but it was also really fun to see the people that, didn't guess it right away and we're like taking wild stabs in the dark as to who it was and it ended up being this like unplanned marketing strategy that mm-hmm. we didn't think about because it started to be you know a lot of chatter happened online just like people guessing and people even if they were guessing right or wrong it didn't matter they were having a conversation about it which was great yeah and how much how much of that was actually due to the pandemic versus more of a strategic play on your part as a band I think it was more, are you talking about not, not announcing that it was Red Sun Rising? Yes. Well, that, that, and I think like, cause you know, you, you technically the violence been in existence for what, about a year and a half or so now, right? at least you've, you've kind of got, you just started playing your first live shows as a group. You, you've got kind of the handful of songs. It seems like you've been sort of slow burning, like easing into this band or introducing the world to it, I guess. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, to, to his point, like the, the pandemic was, was a huge part of the choice of doing that and like focusing on the digital marketing side of things. We, Cause we couldn't just be like, we could be more mysterious because yeah. we didn't have to just put out a song and be like, all right, well now we got to go play and get in front of people. And like, you know, what are we going to wear masks or something? Like, we didn't have to do that. <laughs> right. So we could be like, let's just do it all online and, and be mysterious that way through the digital marketing side of things. And, and that was actually a lot of fun because we've never, you know, now it's like, okay, now we, we need to start putting out more music and, and we're, we have that, um, you know, itch to do that. <laughs> so, yes. But like at the time, it's like, you know, you, when you don't know if you can play shows and 
people don't really know who you are yet, like you can kind of put out songs, you know, at a slower pace and like see what they do. And it's like kind of like a chess game. Like, okay, mm. that song started to work. This song didn't work as, as well, but it's, it's gravitating towards a different type of person. And like, you can kind of sit back and see what your next move is going to be. And with Red Sun Rising, we never got that kind of opportunity. You know, yeah. we, we were on a label. So it's just like, you need to get the record done and you guys need to start touring now. Right. Kind of seems like the way that music's going now is to try to almost release a single at a time. And, and like you said, just see how it plays out. Right. Instead of just going the full full length album. Just kind of curious about the name, the violent, you know, it seems like a pretty <laughs> appropriate descriptor for describing your current sound. Uh, happy that you can create new stuff as the violent, but were you surprised as we were that the specific band name wasn't spoken for? <laughs> yeah. And, and we, we joke about it. We're like, I wonder if people just assumed that it was taken yeah, because yeah, it's that's, so, that's... <laughs> it's so simple. And when we first started thinking of names, um, we wanted it to be the violent something just to capture. We wanted to kind of have the violent as the venom in the lyrics, but then accompany it by something that was like a little sweeter. Mm. So, so the violent somethings, mm-hmm. um, whatever that would be. And we went through a ton of stuff and just nothing sounded right. And I think it was like, I think it might've been Pat or drummer or, or our manager. And he's like, why, why do you need the third word? We're like, I don't know. There's like the violent, it was just kind of like, or like, is that like, that's not a band. <laughs> that has to be. That has to be a band, right? Yeah, we lo- and we looked it up, and it wa- and it wasn't. We're like, well, let's grab that now. Holy yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that that was one of the first things that that caught my attention was um and discovering okay, so this is a new band because like I I work in marketing and branding, and one of the big yeah. things that we do is coming up with names for things that will catch people's attention which i hate doing by the way i hate naming stuff oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah it's, it's not easy it, especially that but to, it, like i was talking to casey and dan earlier and we we're like any good single just st- single simple word has been taken by somebody somewhere for years totally and so when you guys came out into the violent i'm like that had to be a band 20 years ago right they, they, uh, yeah. this is a, there's no way that was available yes yes in fact it was these guys jumped on it and now <laughs> and now they're for the better yeah we couldn't believe it <laughs> you guys got the branding down and everything we've got um kind of the the lightning bolt uh light bulb situation going on so which already like kind of adds to that mystery and sort of just coming right out of the gate with a very firm like identity, I guess, kind of, I might say. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, not to compare things to Red Sun Rising, but I think that, you know, Red Sun Rising was a little more confused as to what we wanted to be. And I think that was because, you know, A, we had five guys in that band and, you know, that's a lot of personalities and Mm. a lot of influences coming in. and, And, you know, that's why we had the whole thread thing where we just tried to intertwine and that became our identity was, the eclectiveness of the band where, you know, the violent is, I think a, a lot more focused and in a lot of ways you would think that that would be restricting, but it's actually liberating because when you have a vision, it's a lot easier to stay within that vision. And, you know, when we're writing songs, we're like, this sounds like the violent, this sounds, this doesn't sound like the violent. And with red sun rising, it was more like we can make anything work. Cause we're, we are thread. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was, it was actually, you know, this is actually not to say easier, but it's just more focused. Yeah. Were you concerned about, because you mentioned going down to three members, were you concerned about trying to fill the space or, 
you know, like the stage presence as well, going, having less members on stage or, or in the band? Yeah. I mean, yes and no, because like, there's a lot of bands that we, you know, love and respect that were three piece bands. Like, um, you know, for example, Muse is like a huge influence and, you know, they put on an amazing show, um, just the, the three guys. And obviously there's, you know, there's some auxiliary players and some, you know, they'll have electronics that are not being necessarily played live, but are, you know, tracked, you know, you can get away with that stuff. Now, that being said, we've played these first couple shows and it's just not in my nature to have an instrument in my hand, the entire set <laughs> yeah. as much as I, as much as I love to play. So I think we've, we've definitely talked about like um, hiring, you know, just people to play live with us yeah. that aren't necessarily band members, but that just to, you know, supplement that so I can free me up a little bit for the, for the show purposes. That makes sense. You recently did a Sirius XM live stream performance, which is an epic performance, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Very well produced. And uh, was it <laughs> there on me? I noticed that you you didn't play any any instruments. You just sang through the whole song. So yeah. I, that kind of speaks to what you're you're talking about with that. It's totally. Just... <laughs> in uh, you know, there's like a couple songs in the set where you know we kind of did the. Um, you know, to compare it to somebody now, uh, Royal Blood esque, where yes. we basically just we just ran the guitar signal out to two different Kempers, and then we we had an octave lower on this signal and an octave higher on this signal, so it filled the spectrum of all three nice. instruments. But he's only playing one, and as long as you stay stay on single strings and you're doing single string riffs, it can sound huge. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And that that sounded great. Like that was one of my favorite songs on that performance. It was it was fantastic. Thank you. Just a real quick talking about that serious live stream performance. I don't suppose you guys are going to be putting those tracks together on an EP anytime soon, are you? We are going to do something um, exclusively with one of the digital platforms. We're not going to put them on all the digital platforms, but we're talking with one of them. I just I can't say yet because they they you know they want the exclusivity of of dropping those live yeah. tracks. Yeah, but so. we're gonna but we're gonna put that out, and then um, obviously we're gonna finish the the EP with those songs that you heard live that are not out yet. Um, and we're really pushing to try to do that by the end of the year. Um, that's why we didn't book a ton of shows. Cause we're just like, we, we need to get more music out. That makes sense. I want to, I want to come back to the, the show part in a minute here. Um, but just for anybody listening, if you want a great introduction to this band, to the violent, that Sirius XM live stream performances on YouTube. It's 25 minutes long. It's every track that they've released so far, as well as a couple more, including uh, a Doors cover. Yes. And uh, it's a it's a fantastic introduction to a band. So that's that's where I would direct people to start, and then you know keep exploring totally. from there. But uh, Casey, I know you you had you were very intrigued by that Doors cover. Yeah, he's, he's a, our classic rock guy. I'm, so. I'm a classic rock guy, so well, when, so am I. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, it was it was very interesting because you you made it your own, but mm -hmm. then you did a great job of channeling your inner Jim Morrison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, I mean, he's he's obviously a legendary frontman, and yeah. you know, he's he's a he's an icon. I mean, really. So um, you know, it's one of those bands where. You know, it's like kind of like covering the Beatles or covering, you know, we did the Beach Boys like you know, with Red Sun Rising. It, it's some some of those bands like it's almost sacrilegious to cover. And we thought about not doing it because of that reason. But, you know, 
I kind of just let that go. And it's like, you know, this is one of my favorite bands ever growing up. And like one of the first songs I ever learned was like, love me two times on, on the guitar. I remember like running into my mom, like my mom got me a guitar and I like ran into her room. I was like, mom, check this out. It probably sounded terrible. <laughs> like, not even close. But like, I just had to learn that. The dan, the dan, the dan, the dan, the dan. I had to learn that. So like first, as soon as I got guitar. Yeah. And um, so I loved the doors. I've always loved the doors. And nice. um, to be able to do that and just, and not try to copycat it. Just right. let's just see what we, you know, if, if we were writing this song today, what would, what would it sound like? And that's, you know, it wasn't to be sacrilegious to the doors. It was yeah. to honor, honor that song and how cool and dark and weird it is. Yeah. Like I said, you, you definitely made it your own, but you, the vocal, the vocal stylings uh, held true. So it was a, it was a good mesh of, of both of those things. Thank you. <laughs> Are there any other covers or collaborations maybe on the horizon to look out for? Um, you know, I, I, I love doing covers, but I don't really like releasing them that much. Like sometimes it shows that, you know, throwing one in is fun. Um, yeah. But, you know, collaborations is, is something that, you know, I've always wanted to do, especially with, with three band members, like there's kind of room for another personality every, every now and then just to see what, see what happens and see what we can, we can create. So I think you'll definitely see that with the violent, um, and you, nice. which you didn't really see, um, with Red Sun Rising. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did notice that, that, uh, there wasn't any kind of previous collaborations. Is there any particular reason for that? Or was just that, like you said, there was so many already influences in that band at the time. Yeah, I mean, it was just like, even with Red Sun Rising, a lot of the times, like, I would have to, you know, step away with a song and get it further completed before it could go to the band because we've tried the whole everyone in one room thing. And when you have that many people shouting ideas, <laughs> and yeah. it's it's actually counterintuitive and like counterproductive to getting anything done. So now that that there is three guys again, back to that word, it's just a, a little more focused. And I feel like I can take the song a little even further. And then those guys come in and they just know exactly what they need to do to supplement where what's missing. Yeah. Makes total sense. It was interesting. You're, you're talking about, um, you know, talking about covers here, you're talking about sort of being able to bring in other influences to this band that you weren't necessarily able to in the previous one. I was looking through, there was a really interesting Facebook thread on, on the violence page a week or so ago, um, where it was kind of just different people saying, Hey, I hear this little bit of this and that, and this artist yeah. and that artist in the music, which I thought was really cool. Cause when, as I'm listening to these, these handful of tracks, I see that and I can pick out various, I'm like the first band that came to mind was filter, for example. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, you know, there's actually a little Nine Inch Nails. Somebody mentioned Talking Heads here and there. And I thought it was really cool because at no point did I say the violent sounds exactly like mm -hmm. anybody. But it was just little bits and pieces from all over the place that kind of merged together. And I thought created for a really cool sound. So I, I guess the question I'm trying to get at in this, were there particular influences that you were looking to bring to this band that you knew didn't really fit in Red Sun Rising? Um, yeah, I mean, I think... You know, in a nutshell, there's a lot of a lot of things that went into Red Sun Rising, but in a nutshell, I'd say it was like, you know, grunge met the Beatles in a way with Red Sun Rising, and we kind of like stayed in that lane a little bit. Where um, this, we experimented more with like some industrial sounds and like really messing with mm -hmm. frequencies, even of the drums. Like 
Red Sun Rising, it's like, let's just get a huge drum sound, big rock drum sound. Now we've, with the production, we've been like, let's mess with the drum sound. Let's make the drums weirder and crunchier. And, um, <laughs> you know, something that like Trent Reznor would do maybe, or in yeah. messing with some synths. So there was like some of that, um, you know, industrial, like Nine Inch Nails flavors that weren't in Red Sun Rising. Um, a lot of like, I'm a huge sucker for um, like new wave, like synth pop, yeah. like Flock of Seagulls and stuff like like as much as I love like grunge and like heavy music, like I can totally turn on some like new wave to it. So there's a little bit of that like synth and grooviness in the violent that Red Sun Rising didn't have. Yeah. You could definitely tell that with the performance. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier you had mentioned something like uh, you said that you were almost scared that you weren't going to be able to play shows for about five years or so. Um, thankfully, you know, kind of everything seems to be kind of leveling out a little bit yeah. and, and shows are picking back up. I know you guys just recently played your first show at Louder Than Life and a couple around uh, your hometown of Ohio. Uh, just really curious because it saw that you refer to them as rituals and the tagline on your Facebook page said that the violent <laughs> is not a cult. Mm-hmm. It just has us a little nervous. So uh, we we're wondering, does anybody attend these rituals? Uh, drink the Kool-Aid? <laughs> yeah, I think everybody that was there drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I think, uh, I think um, you know, this is the early stages of of this, and and it's pretty amazing that how far the journey that Resident Rising took us, and it's it, it was humbling, at the same time exciting to know that th- these these shows were literally the beginning, and those people, and we made sure that they felt that too, that this is you're seeing this for the first time you know, as it's happening and as it's growing and, and you can only move up from here, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. This is like the starting point. And so I'm just curious because like, you know, I'm, we, we're huge concert goers and, and this has been very hard on everybody. <laughs> uh, we just went to our first yeah. concert probably after a year and a half. And, and the, ba- the first band that I got to see was bad flower. I'll be honest. Nice. Like when, when they first started playing a song that, that um i recognized I, I got a little emotional i got i got a little tear in my eye sure. was that was it the same for you when you got back up on the stage after feeling like you weren't ever going to be on stage again like what was that feeling how would you describe that yeah i think just like um you know it, it was it was a little different because we were playing all songs that no one's ever heard and we've never played live so it was like this like double whammy of emotions because not only are you playing songs for the first time, which already gives you like a little bit of anxiety, like how, how are people going to take this? Like we haven't perfected how we even perform these songs yet. Like we've just done it in rehearsal. And like, those are things that come over time as you're playing songs, like on a tour. Yeah. So to do that both is, it was, it reminded me of when I first started playing music ever, you know, playing in bands in high school. And like you go randomly in a club and you're just like, I don't know any of these people in here. They're probably here to see another band and we're going to play these songs we've never played before. And it's like, your nerves are, you know, anxious. You're like, how are they going to like it? Are are they going to like us? It it was a little bit more similar to that rather than like a relief as weird as that sounds. So it was like, there was like an exciting energy to it at the same time. It was very nostalgic in a weird way. Very cool. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. And you, I believe you mentioned on social media that, that an official tour is planned to be coming next year, right? Yeah. So the goal is to try to hit it hard in 2022 and just, you know, we wanted to get those couple shows under our belt though. Like we didn't want to just like not play at all. Yeah. We just, we had to get, get that, you know, that 
fever out of us. But now, you know, we know what we got to do. We want to get these songs, more songs out to everybody and then uh, try to hit it hard. It is, in a way, it's kind of cool. You got that little blessing in disguise of this time to sort of test the waters with different things with, with yeah. the, like you said, the sounds on the songs and even the live performances. And, and that way, whenever you are out there hitting hard, you are, you already coming right into it, like fully prepared. Totally. Yeah. All right. So our last section that we usually go through is right. We're still calling them rapid fire questions at the moment. It's kind <laughs> okay. of up to you how rapid fire they are. <laughs> if something really catches your attention and you want to expand by all means, but largely we like to explore uh, artists' relationship to to other or to their art and to other artists. Okay. And so, um, all right, this is one I like to start with. Can you give us a song or an album that changed your life? Changed my life. I would probably say. I would say um, the Enema album oh. by Tool. Actually, yeah. that was like when I first started getting into like, you know, away from my parents' music of classic rock, which I love. Yeah. But that was like the first album. And I was like, I love this. This is so cool. I don't, I want to know more of everything about this band. I think that that was a record that did that for me. It like changed my whole trajectory of listening to music, that record. All right. Yeah. I mean, I could even see a little bit of that influence in terms of where, yeah, where you guys have ended up as, as, as an artist. All right, a song that you're particularly proud to have written. I know artists generally are pretty proud of most of what they put out, but usually there's something that's kind of a sentimental favorite. Um, I have so many. I mean, they're like, you know, songs are like children. Right. Yeah. You, you write them and you <laughs> re- re- release them into the world and hope they, they're accepted. But um, <laughs> I think on the Thread record, you know, um, Polyester Zeal, there was a lot, of th- a lot of those songs like were written over the course of, you know, five, six years. And um, although they were personal, you know, I don't think I, I really, it was, everything was metaphorical um, where thread, it was still metaphorical, but I spoke a little more honestly about mm. like things that were going on in my life. So I think one song in particular on that song um, or on that record would be left for dead um, or, you know, stealing life, I think are two songs that are like, you know, hit hard still when you know when i hear him yeah yeah how about a song and this most likely is going to be by somebody else given the nature of the question a song you wish that you had written like man i wish i had my name to that one (laughs) um i'd probably say like imagine or something or or (laughs) something about the beatles maybe uh a day in the life that song's crazy (laughs) That would be, I mean, you're not going to go wrong if, if you could have a Beatles song to your name, like right. <laughs> just That's almost true. any Beatles song. Really. Yeah, yeah. I would probably do maybe, maybe Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not saying I would perform it, but if I wrote that song, I'd be sitting pretty. I'd be in a That's much ni- nicer house. <laughs> you want that one for very different reasons than the yeah, Beatles right. one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um we'll go back into to this the albums an album that is all killer and no filler um man there's so many um for me one that comes to mind right away for me though is um a night at the opera by queen Mm. yeah Yeah. great i love that record i have it on vinyl nice 
I don't think you're the first person we've spoken to that said that. Yeah, I'm pretty actually. sure. It's just it's just so <laughs> it's such like the whole thing is just such a vibe and the theatrics of it is just so awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Arya, the drummer yeah. of Skin Dread, also uh, that was nice. his, that was his favorite as well. He mentioned yeah. that as, as a top favorite. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. The well, this this may be extreme, but the best live band you've ever seen. Um. Or maybe I should rephrase it as as a show everyone should try to go see. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, I don't want to be, sound like the, the typical Tool fan, but like they sounded, <laughs> the last time I saw them, they sounded so good. It was ridiculous. Like the guitar sounded like it was right in my face. Like, I couldn't, <laughs> like it was in my mouth. The, the guy, that, whoever's doing run a house was, it was ridiculous. And the, the lights were awesome. Um, I saw, uh, you know, I've, I've seen so many shows now. Like one of the coolest ones I ever saw was um, Rammstein in mm. Germany. Wow. Um, in Nuremberg, which is, if you Google, like, famous Hitler, I don't know why you would want to do this, but if you were Googling <laughs> famous Hitler speeches, and there's, like, this one one particular image that everybody knows. He's, like, standing there. He's, like, you can see his little, little body. And, like, there's, like, the huge Nazi things, like, regalia like hanging and there's like that huge thing and it's basically the the where he was in nuremberg like announcing the invasion of france or whatever yeah and so we were there playing um at rock and ring and uh with red sun rising and rammstein was the headliner so we're like up on the like the the artist like vip deck or whatever we're overlooking this crowd of literally thousands of germans and that building is still there yeah just without the nazi stuff right yeah. thankfully and wow. so the stage yeah. is there and they're they come out they got all the flames like they do and it's like and like the 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 pyrotechnics is like flickering the lights are like flickering on that building and then you see all these germans look at their hands up like yelling the words in german and it was just like this is the most like surreal moment yeah. it was like this is like nightmare fuel <laughs> so, as, far as, as far as an experience that was that's like one of my biggest experiences at a at a live show that's awesome makes sense <laughs> all right well, speaking of live shows um we kind of talked about sort of sentimental favorites of yours what would be a favorite song for you to play live you could go for either band anything beyond that yeah um you know, I, I'm sure I'll play. Um, there's like "Emotionless" is a song that once when we released it, it had never left the set ever. Mm-hmm. So it's like weird to think about like not playing that again. Um, so I'm sure at some point I will play that live in some capacity, um, even if I'm covering my own song, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the violin or something. But um, that's one song that's just like. You know, every time we played it live, it's like the crowd was so hype and it was it was so much fun. Um, it's it's just like weird to think about not not ever playing it again. Yeah. That's sort sort of an interesting sub question because you you talked about earlier about these bands having very different identities. Do you think it'll be a while before any Red Sun Rising material works its way into a violent set, if at all? Yeah, I think yeah. You know, there's. I do play like a lot of solo acoustic shows, which okay. I'm, I, I want to slowly build up the production on that until it's like a full band thing. And possibly I could play from, you know, 
t- take songs from both bands and and do it in their, yeah. in its own way and, and have it be its own show. But yeah, I think the violent. I'm trying to keep that as separate as humanly possible. Yeah, it might you might it, it might pop up on a tour or something just for fun. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It is good to know that uh, that emotionless. We haven't heard the last of that one way or another. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. I got a couple more, and then we can we can wrap it up here. Um, we we asked earlier about the possibility of collaborations. Is there a dream collaboration that comes to mind? Um, I think uh, like right now, I would love to. I would love to just. I mean, Trent Reznor would be sweet with with the violin. I think that would be pretty sick. And he's still doing like incredible work um, now. I mean, like what he did with that Halsey record which is like a pop record, but he made it dark. And it was like, I don't know if you've listened to it, but it, it's like, I'm not a, like, I'm not a huge pop guy, but like that was such a risk for a pop singer to, to let him produce that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's really, it's really yeah. sick the way, it, the way it turned out. But I don't know, like obviously maybe before Paul McCartney dies, he'll want to do some stuff. <laughs> yeah, nice. that, i mean <laughs> again still can't go wrong with with either yeah. of those really yeah but like so. I, I think i mean i think i think it'd be cool to just you know back in the 90s like growing up like you always saw like all these cool co- collaborations like speaking of tool like tool and Maynard would come out and like sing with like deftones or yes. or yep. or like rage against the machine or something like yep. you know i would love to just do some stuff that i consider peers like singing on a track or vice versa with like you know josh from bad flower or Johnny from Highly Suspect, like it would be cool to just show that camaraderie, you know, here or there somewhere. That would be fantastic. We'll yeah. uh, we'll push to for the, something like that to happen on next year's like festival. <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. go. Whenever, whenever everybody's back out and doing things again, for sure. Uh, I'm sure you guys will cross paths quite a bit there. Yeah. So this question, I'm prefacing a lot of them. I realize that. So for anybody listening, the question is: an artist you want more people to know about. I'm going to go ahead and throw the violent out as an artist. We want more people to know about, yes. but I also want to give Mike a chance to, to shout out anybody else that comes to mind that he's just like, these guys, I don't know how they don't have a bigger platform yet. Oh man. I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to get off of this and think of like 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, whenever this, this episode is published, we will definitely tag you and give you a chance yeah. to shout out a hundred, as many more as you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think one band that I've been really digging a lot, what they've been doing and especially through the pandemic, uh, which with the way they consistently just put out really high level production tracks um, was uh, nothing but thieves. And I know they're, they're relatively popular already, but like the way they handled the whole pandemic thing and they just kept delivering tracks. Like I was like, this is, this is cool. These guys are really working hard to get these out. And, um, so I commend them on that, I guess. That's awesome. We we definitely agree with that. <laughs> Talked about them several times this yeah, year. Yeah, they're great, great band. <laughs> yeah, the the EP that they released was just just fantastic work. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. The final question on this one, and now we've got your mind pumping with all these different bands. <laughs> <laughs> so so the the big whammy. What would be a dream tour for you? Um, let's see. You can put yourself anywhere on the bill that you like. It's <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably do like a Metallica tour. I mean, why not? Yeah. Like yeah. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Um, you know, if, if like raging as the machine got back together, oh, that'd be, 
That'd be a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man. Now, now I'm just like going through like nostalgia. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 <laughs> I got to play but, with all my heroes. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, nothing but thieves. Like, hey, you know, I would totally tour with them. That'd be that'd be a pretty sick tour. Uh, you know, highly suspect. I, I've always respected those guys, and you know, we've we've crossed paths a ton of times. Like, I've always been, we've always been cool with each other. Um, that would be fun. Nice. I think I don't know if I want to speak for Dan and KC, but you, you <laughs> the violent and highly suspect and nothing but thieves. I'm like that is a trifecta that I would. That would be a, that would be a sweet tour. It would I be a, it would legitimately awesome. good tour, and in, and as far as I can tell, it seems like it could be a legitimately doable tour. Yeah, yeah, it could be as things open up and there's a lot more international travel and whatnot too. Yeah, yeah. I I pay good money to see that tour. Yeah, I would. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> we're actually be yeah. there. That'd be a fun one. Yeah, I, lo- I love when we ask that question. And the answer we get is like, okay, crap. Now I really need to see that tour. Like this one you just made up. I want, yeah. I gotta have it. So <laughs> that's great. Before you leave, just wanted to say thank you very much for continuing to make music because we we really were uh, super upset when when we heard about the Red Sun Rising news, but we got super excited to see your new your new project. So we'll be on board and and uh, following you. So keep it up, man. Love it. I appreciate the support, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll be seeing you next much. year sometime. Take it easy. All you right. Bye bye. So that was our interview with Mike Protich of The Violent. And just to reiterate again, if you want to get a great feeling of what this band is about, definitely check out the Sirius XM performance on YouTube. It's like 25 minutes. It is amazing. Uh, my wife and I, we watched the interview yesterday that we just completed that you just heard um and then we watched the concert and like she's a fan now she's she's (laughs) she's 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 a huge fan of the violent so no it's 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 a great introduction was very well produced as we stated and it's it's very entertaining and and they did a phenomenal job you know it's funny those as we were watching again yesterday i thought of more questions i wanted to ask about the performance itself like you know it was all one take uh, yeah. like all these questions like just popped i was like dang it i missed my opportunity yeah man that happens with a lot of our interviews lately i'm like i i want to have them back because i just realized a bunch more things that i want to talk yeah 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 can i just send you a message no. yeah yeah <laughs> i actually wanted to go deeper as i listened back and, and thought about the band a little more i was like man i wish we would have gone deeper a little bit into the meanings behind some of these tracks because yeah. there's there's some stuff in there we're chatting about and we didn't really go that far in depth so maybe somewhere down the line when they've got a couple more tracks out maybe mike would be interested in in talking again ah well we did solve the mystery of whether or not they were a cult maybe maybe we didn't i don't (laughs) know did we yeah i don't think we did we might have just he was very clear about the kool-aid yeah (laughs) he was (laughs) well maybe that's what they need this add that to the to their tour next year like pass out kool-aid whenever you're performing (laughs) there you go (laughs) i'd drink that shit Electric blue Kool-Aid. Yeah. We're the itches up in these tours like join the Dark Order. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Let's wrap this up. Well, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the interview. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of the violent, by the way, too. Yeah. Listen to them a lot. Yes. Check them out. Uh, so thank you very much again to listening to the itch podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. 
We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Join us. Go ahead. Drink the Kool-Aid. That's all you gotta do. Cherry. It's delicious.